Hey, Vic, do you like Halloween? I do like Halloween. I like costumes. I like Halloween candy. I like horror movies. Well, I got a I got a big uh, surprise for you. Um, Halloween ends tonight. Well, I thought that evil was gonna die tonight, so I don't want Halloween <laughs> to end. I want evil to die. So, so are you saying that evil will live, but Halloween will end? Because I like Halloween. Too bad. This is terrible, man. Unbelievable. Well, tell that. Tell that to the fact that the people named this damn movie Halloween ends. Yeah, the names of the trilogy and this trilogy don't make any sense to me. You have Halloween 2018. What kind of name is that? That should have been called Halloween. It took place in 2018. It should have been called Halloween Returns, in my opinion. And then Halloween Kills. I Again, what sense does that make? The holiday didn't kill anybody. Michael Myers did. Well, how does that make any sense? And and now Halloween Ends, which you know in a couple years when another one comes out, it's going to make this title look really <laughs> stupid, so... Well, it'll be a completely different canon at that point, too. Yeah, but it's going to be called... If they reboot it again with another one called Just Halloween, I swear, if we have another movie called Halloween... Dude, I'm, I'm going to lose it, man. <laughs> no, what it's it. going to be is going to be... It's going to be Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, but this time Michael Myers learns witchcraft. And that's why he's impossible to kill. Well, I think that's already canon, so yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> his... When he's a young kid in the hospital, someone there clearly taught him the ways of the voodoo because it's <laughs> apparent in all his in all his movies, uh, especially this one. Who knows voodoo? Michael knows voodoo, right? Yeah, well, I thought that was uh, Charles Lee Ray, but I guess we're not talking about him today. Ah, the movie was on earlier on TV. I had that in the background, uh, the original Charles Lee. <laughs> uh, great movie. For folks out there, of course, if you're listening to this, hopefully you're listening to this on YouTube. This is an exclusive podcast for YouTube. We wanted to get this out there quick because we know that a hot topic on everybody's mind right now is Halloween Ends. Just came out a couple days ago. Everybody's talking about it. A lot of conflicting opinions. This one is definitely divisive because they definitely went in a very interesting, unique direction. And going in a unique direction is not always the best thing to do. But before I say anything else, let me just say this. Before before we get into the, the criticalness of the movie, I at least will say this. These guys are bold because in the making of this movie, they had to know this is going to be an, an unpopular direction to take. I give them credit for at least throwing themselves in the fire. Be honest with you, for me, I like that they went more, they tried to do more character driven. But uh, when you turn your supposed supernatural villain into a, all of a sudden an old man who can't do shit by himself, that's where the movie loses me. That's true. We literally can't do anything except stand the sewer, look old and stupid. <laughs> well, well, we'll get to that. I mean, okay, so we both acknowledge, hey, we before we say anything else, we appreciate the idea of them trying to do something different because what I didn't want to see, I didn't want to see Halloween Kills again. I didn't want to see another version of Michael going through town and just killing random people. I didn't want to see that movie again. We already saw it. We didn't like Halloween Kills, so we didn't want to see that. So... I appreciate them doing something different, but as we'll find out, for me, I just wish it was executed a lot better. I'll ask you a question, Nick. Is it even a horror movie? <laughs> I don't think they even tried to be scary in this one. The the only few scenes of suspense in this movie, in my opinion, failed. But um, I think they were still trying to make a horror movie, but they also wanted to go back to the roots of like Halloween 1978, where the movie was character-driven. Because think about how much we learn about all these characters in that movie before Michael starts killing people. Yeah, 
But I'll say this. In 1978, though, you always had Michael kind of looming in the background. You had the music, the atmosphere. It felt like a horror movie. This feels like a a thriller slash drama slash teen romance. It, I, I don't know if I'd consider this a scary movie or, or a horror movie. I'd consider this almost like a like a drama, seriously. It's kind of hard to put this movie into just one particular category, in my opinion. Yeah, and maybe that was the... Maybe that was the goal. I mean, to do something different that one thing is, though, even though I appreciate they went in a different direction, it's it's true also, like, in the last movie of a trilogy, is that the time to really experiment and do something unique with the last movie in the trilogy where really I'm guessing most of the fan base wants to see Michael and Lori have an epic duel and fight it out. And that's kind of what they want. And that's kind of what we didn't get in Halloween Kills. Remember in Halloween Kills, she's in the hospital the whole movie, right? <laughs> right. And then the damn trailer for this movie makes it look like it makes it look like it's gonna be some epic showdown. Like the whole movie's about Lori versus Michael. Like the trailer has none of this Corey stuff, man. Like they really have some <laughs> some false advertising going on because if you just watch a trailer and then went in the theater and saw the movie, you're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like they literally showed the whole ending in the trailer. Yeah, the trailer is just them cutting like different angles of the end fight scene in the kitchen. <laughs> what the hell? Like, so they knew if they marketed it as like this is like a whole new kind of movie that they knew that that would probably destroy the box office. Uh, another thing that could probably hurt a lot of people is we've already have kind of our motives and mo's throughout the way these the first two movies went. Then all of a sudden they completely throw those away and do this one. Which is probably another reason people probably won't like it so much. In a trilogy, you kind of want each movie to build on top of each other and like kind of come together where it all kind of, you know, the early the earlier movie should ask questions that the last movie answers. But this one was basically like, it's like a standalone story. Like it really doesn't connect to the first two movies in any real big way. Like they, We don't uh, even get an answer about what's so significant about the sister's window. Yeah, the sister's window, like, that's not addressed at all. Remember in the second one where we got this flashback to, like, Hawkins' past where, you know, he was the one that whatever with Michael back in 78, and and Hawkins is like, I gotta be the one to take out Michael. Man, in this movie, he's not doing nothing but buying groceries. <laughs> I thought he'd be... And, and giving... He'd be more involved. Lori groceries. <laughs> yeah, he became, like, the, the love interest instead of actually being, like, a cop on a mission to hunt Michael. Like, I don't understand... This man has no role in this movie, and I don't know what the point of Lindsay even coming back was. She has, like, really no role at all. Don't get me started on the sheriff. Remember the town sheriff when the first one was like, oh, what do you want us to do, cancel Halloween? And then and the second one, again, had no role. And now in this one, he shows up for one scene. Like, you couldn't just do me one favor and just kill off that character? I mean, <laughs> come on. You've been... Having him be useless throughout the entire trilogy. I mean, could you at least kill him off. I mean, do one thing for me, please. You're right. It definitely does seem like a standalone because there's a lot of unanswered questions from kills in 2018 that we really don't get in this whole damn movie. No, everything from those movies gets basically sidelined in order to do like a whole new story, which actually really is more like a remake of Christine. Um, and I like Christine, but I didn't necessarily need to see Christine remade again with Michael Myers in the background, but yeah. Get I mean, there was no car. That's true. That's true. That's all <laughs> we we're missing was the car for sure. Hey, we had a mo we had a motorcycle though. <laughs> yeah, but that motorcycle wasn't the one killing people. <laughs> one interesting thing is the opening credits 
first of all, we don't open with, like the Halloween music. We open with like some some random rock music, right? Yeah. But, but a funny like thing is the opening um the credits in terms of the font, the blue font. It's the exact font and exact color of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. It's the same opening font they use for their credits. So that's kind of like, they're almost like, they almost know that they're doing this something different, like anthology-esque. So they're like throwing in our face with like giving you the Halloween 3 font to begin with. I guess we should talk about this opening scene with Corey the babysitter and... Corey has to babysit the most obnoxious brat in the world. Yeah, you know... I kind of didn't like this opening scene because none of it made sense to me. First of all, the kid is like playing this joke on him, I guess, but the kid actually takes like a, a big knife out of the kitchen. <laughs> like, what <laughs> What the hell? Like, and then Corey, when he gets locked in this room, I guess, um, whatever it is, like a storage room or like a, a cellar or something he's locked in by the some, kid. Some kind of like storage. I would, I would have said attic, but he would have had to go up instead of side to side. Something about being in this room makes Corey lose his mind and overreact like crazy. He's like, I'm going to kill you <laughs> to the kid. And it, it's, it's showing that he's already mentally fucked. And I'm happy that's there, I guess, because, yeah, it, it would have been easy to be like, OK, this this thing that happens here is what sets him off. But it makes more sense that he already has stuff going on. Um, And then this is like another big thing, another big trigger. But I gotta say, this scene works a lot better for me if you just made the kid likable. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? I don't, I don't understand the logic in like being like, okay, let's make this kid like a little jerk, and then have him die like accidentally, like die tragically. It's tragic, but why'd you make the kid as unlikable as? Think about how if you killed a sweet, innocent kid, like a nice kid, that's a lot more impactful for the audience, right? Like, I don't understand. Oh yeah, like picture, picture this as the scene. So you got your nice kid. But he decided, you know what, it's Halloween, I'm going to play a joke on my babysitter. So he does. Well, the kid tries to get him out of the room, but for some reason can't. And like I say, he's just constantly saying sorry. The other guy's freaking out for still no fucking reason. Mm. And then finally kicks the door open, and then the kid flies off. Yeah, I mean, that would have been better. And, like, I mean, that's such a coincidence for the parents to come in, that, come in the door just <laughs> as the kid's, kid's going, wee! flying off the the top bar like i mean that's Tell I mean, me, I, did, you, did you laugh because i was laughing my ass off i didn't know if it was serious i was like did this kid really just fall off the top of the thing like did Corey push the door open and like make the kid fly off the thing like i didn't <laughs> i'm like you have the parents coming home from probably like a nice night out probably had a good meal you know happy with their night excited about the future and you, know, you walk into your kid flying off the top of the thing breaking his <laughs> neck and dying like what kind of crap is that <laughs> Like I said, I was, I'm going to hell because I was laughing at that scene. Not only the bad CGI of the fake body falling, but Jesus, it was just so hilarious. Uh, we were talking about, we should take a moment to talk about the idea of what consequences Corey would have or should have faced for this this accident. Because when the parents walk in, they hear Corey say, I'm going to kill you. So if you're the parents, you're like, Mm, was this an accident? I heard him shouting at my kid. He's going to kill him. And then my kid goes flying. Um, what's the charge here? What do you think? Well, like, what are we thinking legally in terms of like, what's uh, going on here? They said it was, they said in the movie, it was a aggravated manslaughter. So actually, let me look to find out exactly how long he, that kid could have gotten. So aggravated manslaughter. That tells me Jack. Sh- oh, here we go. So this is considered. Of aggravated manslaughter and is 
uh, is a higher offense. It is considered a first-degree felony, which can increase the prison sentence to 30 years. So mm. when Doug was talking to Allison, he mentioned he that he was charged with aggravated manslaughter, but I guess he was let go because, according to this, he should have been in jail for 30 fucking years. Yeah, I know they didn't want to go down the road of ex- explaining what happened, but it seemed a little bit off to me that he's just back on the streets living his life after that. I mean, that that's 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 hard to believe a little bit. I mean, so I guess they just believed that believed this one guy's story and let him go. I get it, man. If I'm Corey, though, I'm I'm leaving town after that because, as we're gonna see, I mean. A lot of people in the town basically consider him like a child murderer, essentially. It's like, I mean... He has I'm, bullies that honestly looks like he could take them if he actually wanted to. Uh, Corey's twice the size of the bullies, and the bullies apparently are like <laughs> high school band people. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what are these bullies? I don't understand. Like, why didn't they hire some, like a kid who's like bigger than Corey, who looks intimidating? They that hired this this squeeny weeny like Corey looks <laughs> like he could like pick the guy up with one hand and throw him across the parking lot. I don't understand. I mean, be fair, I I would have liked to see that, but then Lori has to show up and save his ass. And maybe the bully knows kung fu or something. We don't know. Like it could be like secretly deadly, but we, that it doesn't come out at any point. Yeah, Lori does save him, and that establishes a bond and connection between Lori and and Corey. Hey, they rhyme, Lori and Corey. I didn't even think about that. Well, how about this? Corey meets Allison, and then we get our teen romance bullshit that I guarantee you nobody really wanted in this, but was a good chunk of the movie. I'm okay. Like you said, I love character-driven stories, right? So I can see that we're spending a lot of time with Corey. We're developing his character, and then it's natural to bring Allison into it. And but it happens too fast. Like Allison's pushing way too hard for a rom- romance, basically like forcing him into like dating her. It's kind of like was weird how aggressive she was in pursuing him and why when he's like very aloof and doesn't seem interested. Um, what was the boyfriend's name for the first two? Cameron. Yeah. So do you think it was her that? Got Cameron, in which case is the reason why Cameron cheated on her, because he never wanted to actually be with her in the first place, but she was aggressive about it? Don't know. We never got enough of their background to really know what was going on there. All I remember is somebody throwing a phone and like... <laughs> and a cheese dip. A, and cheese dip. And me being like, what the hell is this movie? <laughs> yeah. That's all I remember about their relationship, is the damn phone the cheese dip. <laughs> um... Well, look, I mean, we find out that Allison, you know, I guess, well, she's, ste- she's stepping up a notch from her former boyfriend, apparently, who's like a 50-year-old cop, so. <laughs> right, what What in her right mind, did, what kind of trauma is she going through? I know she has to be going through trauma. Yeah, all her friends, her mother, her father all died, but damn, is her trauma just go around and sleep with every fucking man that asks her out? I can, uh, I can imagine how lonely she must be given that both her parents died, right? Both her parents died and her best friend died and her boyfriend died. So she's probably as basically anybody outside of Lori she's had a long-term connection with was killed. So I can imagine where like, she's probably better off in a relationship, like whatever emotional stability that provides versus being alone. 
all she really has is her grandma and her job, and it doesn't look like she's enjoying her job much at all. Of so. course not. She's got some random doctor that I'm assuming we never got this, but uh, considering what we see in a later scene, assuming that he's has tried to get with Allison and she has turned him down, which is what caused her to lose her position as head nurse. Mm. Yes, that is true. So I understand basically Corey walks into her life and she thinks he's cute and you know, he seems accessible and open to whatever. So, and look, and she needs a date for this costume party. So <laughs> I guess also, that was it. There, let's get off the teen romance for a second, because anyone who's seen a romance movie knows what teen romance looks like. Can we go on a Lori now liking Halloween? At least and, with this canon, it would make no fucking sense to me. Well, this is, we talk about the movies not really going together well, because, okay, as we know, Lori in 2018, it's been 40 years at that time since she's had any encounter with Michael, and she's the most paranoid, um, combat-ready person ever, basically. She's, you know, spending her days, you know, practicing shooting her guns and getting ready for the day Michael will come back. Even though he's in prison, she's that paranoid. That's after 40 years. After the events of 2018, in which Michael killed half the town, killed her daughter, put her in the hospital. Killed and- Tommy Doyle. Most importantly, killed Dom- Tommy Doyle and the stupid mob who, pr- <laughs> firstly, they, they, pro- they Nick, they promised us that evil would die tonight and they lied to us, all right? They did One not- woman brought an yeah. iron. <laughs> what the hell? That She deserved to die for bringing that iron, all right? I'm not, I don't feel bad for her. I'm, not, I'm kind of surprised no one brought like a clothesline. <laughs> I don't want to go back to the mob scenes for a second, but the fact that they one by one get slaughtered all like in a, in a, like a, in a line, like- like Tommy's waiting there with his, his he's at his bat with like waiting for his bat for like fifteen minutes while everybody else is getting slaughtered, and then decides to hit Michael when Michael's free. Just the stupidest mob scene ever. So essentially, okay, now given that what we just talked about, and 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 mind you, Michael's on the loose. The hiding field doesn't know where he's at. He's disappeared, so he's out there somewhere. So given that, Lori's decided to completely move on buy a house and bake a pie for halloween and she burned the pie too which means she's not a good cook so well that's because she was too busy writing her book okay so vic i got a question for you since you're you're an author you're a big name author now the question i got for you is did you have trauma that caused you to be a writer yes indeed i can tell you about my trauma i watched halloween kills and the next day i immediately started a new book I had to get it. I had to get it off my mind. So I started a new book the next the day after, just to get Halloween Kills off my brain. <laughs> and then a week later, you are now getting interviewed by podcasts for your book. It's all because of Halloween Kills. It's all because of the the trauma from watching eleven people say "Evil Die Tonight." <laughs> Who wrote that script? So, so the way Lori is in this movie, right? That's how she should have been in 2018, and the way she's in 2018 is how she should be in this movie, right? Yes. This is the one where she should be now like, okay, he's actually out there. Let me get my guns ready. Let me be overprotective of Allison. It's a weird, I don't know, that's that's weird. Why is she so, I mean, I'm happy for her. She's on with her life, I guess, but does it make sense? Ah. And and then also, so then you could also have that little strife between Allison and Lori because you could have it where Allison just wants to move on, but Lori's pretty much refusing it. I don't know if the four-year time jump was a good idea. 
Um, the original plan was to have all three movies take place in the same night. And I think somewhere along the way, they realized that, you know, Michael's or Lori's in the hospital. How do we get her healthy to where she can actually fight Michael? We can't do this in one night. But I don't know if a four-year time jump was a good idea, because there's a lot to explain when you take four years there. I still don't know why none of these people left town. <laughs> if Lori has moved on mentally, then why stay in Haddonfield? Go buy a house somewhere else. And because her love interest is still living there. There's grocery stores in every city, Nick, all right? And be fair, <laughs> yeah. by, and be fair by his age, I'm assuming he's older than 65. I think they still say he's working the police force. Yeah. But uh, by the age, last I checked, by the age of 65, you are actually forced to retire from any any military or police force because you can no longer be able to do the active stuff. He must have read the script and been like, you kept me alive for this to be in the, the, the produce section, like getting a deal off the oranges. Like, why did my character live? Well, you brought me back to life. I, I died in the first one. You bring me back to life for this. Like, what the hell? Oh, speaking of people we thought were dead that are actually alive. Um, uh, the neighbor woman. Sandra. Real question I got is, so now that you bring Sandra up, this is actually segues into a great question. Why does everyone in this town blame Lori for what Michael Myers did? I think it's something where it's like they, the real people, the real person to blame is dead. So they need somebody alive to actively put their blame on. Because nobody's going to be like, it was really Sartain's fault. Nobody remembers the doctor from the first one. So, um, but we know, you're right. We know like details wise, like Lori didn't release him from prison or make him escape. Or if anything, it's the podcaster's fault. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> they started the chain of events. Yeah. The core blame has to go on the podcasters and Sartain. And I can't think of anything Lori did that. I mean, <laughs> That she cost, literally almost yeah. she literally almost killed him if she didn't have that random ass trap fucking door that just perfectly kept him alive. Okay, we can blame Lori for having this many years to plan a trap room and then Michael's like, Oh, this is easy to escape from. This was no biggie. <laughs> it's part of the direction of the movie. This whole movie is about the after effects of what Michael's done in this town. It's about, you know, how that affects someone like Corey. How Lori can't move on because everybody's like blaming her for stuff. They're trying to be very deep here, Nick, and I don't know if it works, but it. Well, here's the real question because, uh, you know, almost everybody else does believe Michael was dead at this point because no one's seen him. But even Corey's mother said that if your boogeyman hadn't died, then my my son won't wouldn't have been a boogeyman that year. I don't know if that makes sense to me. Like, it doesn't. Like, it's the same thing as putting the blame on someone who didn't do shit. Also, what? What does Michael Myers have to do with Corey babysitting the kid? I don't understand. <laughs> Maybe they would have blamed Michael Myers if the kid died and Michael wasn't, I guess, classified as dead by the town. Uh yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's I guess that's true. Even though they clearly saw that. Corey was on the top steps. Oh yeah, well that's true. With, with a with a knife after with a knife after saying I'm gonna kill you. I hey I understand Sandra's life must be miserable, so I understand that you know her sister's like blaming. She's protective, because, yo. 
Well, I think the proper blame is just to blame Michael Myers. Like, just, <laughs> right. He's the one that did everything. Blame him. <laughs> Fucking Corey's transformation throughout this movie. Well, all right. So the Corey thing. So, okay, this will actually lead us into talking about Michael because about 35 minutes in the movie, I'm like looking at, I'm like, it's 35 minutes in. We haven't seen Michael. Like, what is this? This is Michael in this movie. We get to, and then- we get to 40 minutes and now it's like, it's like, oh my God, seriously? Um, <laughs> all right, let's talk about the first encounter with Corey where he goes in the sewer. Well, he, um, he didn't oh, go. He get- I think Michael dragged him in the sewer. Oh, yeah. Okay, so first plot hole number one. Why did Michael <laughs> drag him into the sewer only to then let him go? transfer the evil. Transfer ah. the evil. Yeah, but it's it, it's not really done right because he dragged him, the, he dragged him in the sewer and then you kind of cut to Corey waking up in the sewer with Michael not around. And then he walks by and Michael grabs him. But then Michael, you're right, he looks in his eyes and does something that we've never seen Michael do. This is a new power? What, what is this? What is? What even evil, happens here? Evil transference. So evil transfers tonight is what you're saying? Yes. Yes, it did. Actually, technically, evil transfers today because it was morning time when he did it. It's almost like there's different interpretations, though. It's like I saw someone said that Michael... When he looked in Corey's eyes, he saw like himself. Basically, he saw something like evil in Corey already, and that's why he lets him go. So we we're so we're thinking literally, Michael decides to transfer something to Corey because when Corey walks out the sewer, he's a completely different fucking person. He immediately kills a homeless guy. Well, that one's still self-defense. The homeless yeah. guy was screaming at him with a knife, saying, "I'm Michael Myers. Give me my mask back." Did you wonder, what I wondered big time was, why didn't Michael ever kill this homeless guy? This dude's roaming around Michael's home, and then the movie's going to pitch the idea that Michael gets stronger with more kills and stuff. Maybe the homeless guy was feeding him. I mean, he has to be eating something down there. Well, and the homeless guy says it's a throwaway line, but it's interesting. He said something like, you know, he hinted the idea that Michael's been pulling people down in the sewer and killing them. He's, and he was like, telling Cora, like, oh, you came back. He let you go. The others, like, he hinted at some idea that Michael has been randomly killing people. Which um, makes no sense because we don't have any kind of backup thing to, to clear that claim. We don't. So it's a weird, it's like, why even put that line in there? Because then you're like, well, so are people just going missing? And like, and the other thing too no is like. No one gives a shit. <laughs> th- this Michael thing is the biggest problem with the four-year time jump. Because you have to explain logically somehow why Michael's been in a sewer for four years. It's a long and time. And they explain nothing. Like, if, if this, if his sister's house was so important to him throughout Halloween Kills and Halloween 2018, why in the fuck did he not go back the other four years afterwards? Yeah, and not like that, but how many people did he kill in Halloween Kills? Was there not, like, a, a big manhunt afterwards? <laughs> Because I would think the sewer would be the first place they'd look. <laughs> like, seriously? Or at least a place to look. Like, Mikey, you didn't think to go to, like, the town, the, the one town over? Like, get out of Haddonfield, <laughs> man. Like, well, you're, like, in the Haddonfield sewer. I, I, if I was Lori, I'd be sitting in my room one day and be like, you know, he's probably in the sewer. And you'd, she'd be right. <laughs> one, quick, <laughs> one quick look down, they'd be like, hey, Mikey, it's you. I don't understand oh. why Michael's in the sewer for four years. <laughs> How's he? How's he even surviving? He's, I don't. None of that. Makes I guess sense he's to me. eating. I guess he's eating these bodies that that's being pulled down there. I, 
It makes no fucking sense why Michael's down there. It makes no fucking sense why Michael just all of a sudden gave up his own M.O. or his motives or any fucking thing just no, for us to now watch. He's down there and die. Corey go crazy. Yeah, if Corey didn't come along, was Michael's plan just to stay in the sewer and die? Like, it looks like he's... It's weird because he, like, he won at the end of Halloween Kills. He slaughtered the mob. He killed Karen. He's, like, on top of the world. So it's so weird to, like, go from that. If you ended kills with him not on top, like, maybe he got defeated, then this would make sense. He got defeated, now he's in the sewer, just ready to die. But he ended Halloween Kills, like, like as, like, Superman, basically. Like, I don't understand <laughs> how you go from that to this, but... And also, let's talk about the strength real quick, because as you mentioned, he comes out on top. In 2018 and Halloween Kills, he is strong. He's able to kill people with his bare hands, just be able to tear them apart, it seems like. But yet, in this one, only four years later, you're telling me his whole strength just deteriorated. A lot of people online are saying, oh, he's old. He was fucking old in 2018 and kills too. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't become eighty suddenly. He he went from like sixty to sixty four. So yeah, you're right. I mean, um, I mean, if he's still <laughs> killing people, nonetheless, he's also still able to. He's still going to have to stay in shape to do it. The theory online is is something along the lines of, like, because he hasn't been killing people, that's why he's weak. But again, the homeless guy is saying that he's been pulling people down and killing them. Like it just it's a bad line then because it, it doesn't make any sense. You know, um, I think I know what it is. Are you ready to hear this? It's going to be the best theory I've ever come up with, even better than the Tremors being Predators. Oh, God. Um, Let's hear it. It's the lack of hatred in the town. The town is actually healed from the time frame, and the only two people who really still feel any kind of hatred is really Allison and Corey, and that's because of their own situations going on. Mm. But nobody else has real hatred or feel of Michael anymore because he is no longer there. So maybe it's the hatred that he thrived from. Mm. You know, I'm not mad at that. I'm on board with that. That's not bad at all. Not bad, not bad at all. Just like Freddy is fear. Michael is hatred. Yeah, and then someone online also tried to say the whole fear thing, like, um, because they're not afraid of Michael, like, that makes them weak. But that's like, again, that's like Freddy and it and like... Don't try to make that Michael's, like, whole thing, too. Like, just stealing from Freddy, then. You know, from the first one, the 18 one, the director was like, you know, Michael is a man. He's a human being. And then in Kills... Bullshit. Right. <laughs> but then in Kills, he gets shot, like, 11 times, takes more more, um, more of a beating than any man can take, and gets up and kills an entire mob and goes about his business. The, the, Don't forget, never... he's also stabbed in the spine. Yeah, so this trilogy did not do a good job of actually establishing, like, they wanted to have their, their cake and eat it, too, in terms of, like, oh, Michael's human, but he's the most strongest, like, pain-absolving human of all time. Like, And I doubt they gave him workout equipment while in that insane asylum. Yeah, look, I can, I can handle a human being with slightly exaggerated, like, high pain threshold, you know, really takes a lot to put down. We've seen humans like that, right? But... You made Michael supernatural, so don't then, like, make him... <laughs> he's, he's not a human being. I mean, biologically, what he does in these three movies <laughs> is not one that uh, such that a human being can accomplish, including living in the sewer for years. <laughs> There's certain human needs, like, I don't... That doesn't make sense either, but okay. So either way, we get evil transference, even though it's... Even though I'm pretty sure 
Corey is already on his way of a mental breakdown. He is. I mean, um, you know, at this point, we're getting um, we're getting Corey starting to act like Michael. We're getting him like hiding in the bushes where Lori can see him from the window. The obvious nod to the uh, the original window scene. Also, are we sure that's not the same house from part five? It could have been like an Easter egg. I don't know. The house looks so freaking familiar to me. I can't put my finger on it. When Corey like lures the cop down into the tunnel thing, right into the sewer. There's a couple of dumb things about this scene though, because like uh, the cop was able to kick J- Michael's ass. Not even that though. The thing the so the cop was chasing Corey, right? And then he finds a dead body, finds a homeless guy dead, right? Yep. Why are you going to, like, you see Corey run to the sewer, right? Why are you, like, running to the sewer after him? Like, I'd be thinking he's sending me to Pennywise and I'd run the opposite direction. Yeah, who does that? That was kind of a stupid move. Like, oh, I haven't called back. I'm just going to go in the sewer and, and try to attack this guy. It's like, what? I mean, sure, at first he was thinking about just doing something illegal and kicking Corey's ass himself. But when he found that dead body, he would have been like, oh, well, I have probable cause to get everybody with me. Yeah, well, sad for him, unfortunately, gets bum-rushed by both Corey and Michael, and <laughs> Corey holds him while Michael stabs him, and the beginning of a beautiful relationship begins. Not really. It's Michael and Robin, not Batman and Robin, Michael and Robin. <laughs> well, no, actually... Yeah, the only problem is, Robin yeah. eventually... Robs Michael of his mask. Oh God! Well, hold on, hold on. That that deserves its own special section that we'll get to. Um, this is actually, I would say, Corey's actually the Batman and Michael's the Robin. But um, right. All right. So I gotta admit, the first hour of the movie we're at now, it's like I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm like, this is interesting. At least it's a different. I don't know what's going on per se, but this is very interesting, and I'm, I'm. I think the the actor playing Corey is doing a good job, and um, I'm like, okay, well, I was hesitant to actually want to follow his character, but now I'm like, I'm all in. I'm like, all right, well, let's see what happens with this whole thing. Um, and, oh, yeah, we do get Michael, I guess, following him to Lori's house and looking at Lori from outside, or stalking her from outside. Um, again, I don't know if that made sense either, because, like, the whole thing, the whole point of the series is that Michael doesn't care about Lori, right? Well, I get the feeling this time he was just following Corey, not really giving a shit about Lori, because now him and Corey have some form of connection. Yeah. And maybe when, and if that connection is the way, the way uh, some other people are thinking or the way I'm thinking, Michael knows what Corey's rea- um, feelings towards these two are now, because Corey still likes Lori at this point. And of course, oh, yeah. he likes Allison, so... If Michael feels that coming from Corey, then Michael's not going to kill them in particular. Well, okay, so let's talk about some serious bonding here. Let's talk about the these uh, the killing of the doctors, because as I like to call <laughs> it, bring your son to work day. So that's what's happening. Here. <laughs> right. So you see uh, the doctor get, is getting stabbed like crazy by Corey. <laughs> Uh, it's a clown, a clown mask, Corey. I think, right? So yeah, clown mask, Corey, and a jumpsuit and, and a one piece, and then the redhead, which, in all of Michael glory, was hiding in the closet. How do you think Corey and Michael plan this out? <laughs> like, first of all, when did Michael get into the house? First of all, they definitely rode together on the on Corey's bike. 
<laughs> Michael wrote, Michael did not follow him walking while Corey rode his bike. There's no way. He was on the back of the motorcycle. Whee! As they cruise through town to the doctor's house. That, that 100% happened off camera, I'm telling you. But secondly, yeah. How did they coordinate this? Like, Michael had to talk to Corey. There's no way they coordinated this, like, like actual, like, scheming, like, plot they just did here without, like, some communication. Was Corey just like, hey, Michael, follow me? Or, Michael, you hide over there. I'll take this one. Like, there was some planning here that would have been interesting to see. That's all I'm saying. Evil transference. Anything Corey can think of, Michael is also feeling and thinking. Corey is our main villain. Michael's pretty much just a side piece at this point. Okay, my question is, when the hell did Michael get this evil transference powers, huh? How come this didn't show up in any other movie? I guess he I, I guess he got when he got physically weaker, he got mentally stronger. You know, people always <laughs> people always hate on the thor- the, the, the thorn storyline from uh parts 4, 5 and 6, but this is more ridiculous than the Thorn storyline. Come on. This is the same thing, basically. Just explaining Michael with rid- giving him ridiculous powers and... Ugh. But anyways, okay. Um, we haven't even gotten to the ridiculous part yet. <laughs> oh, God. There's so much. Um, okay, so... Laurie does start to get very suspicious about young uh, Corey because she sees whatever... She sees Michael in it, basically, and and that's confirmed when she talks to the dad of the boy from the beginning. And this is a weird scene because the dad's like, "I stopped, to, I stopped to talk to him, and I looked at his face, and, and then I ran." <laughs> that's such a weird scene. He's like, "He's, I saw that he was no longer there." Like, I'm like, "Huh? How do you know if the guy was just having a bad day? Like, you're projecting like evil from looking looking in the eyes? I don't understand." Because they see Michael Myers now. They they just yeah, they just they're like, oh yeah, he has Michael in him, I guess. They they can spot the transference, I guess. Um Corey's Michael's father now. Well, Michael would be a better father than his current parents. <laughs> I if there's a character in this movie I hate, it's Corey's mother. Every scene with oh her Oh my gosh. I don't know what what did someone tell the actors to be like that cartoonish? As insufferable as possible. Uh, and that's the thing I noticed about this movie like I don't know why but they made almost every like death scene involve like where you don't like the character who's dying and that's why I said it's not really a horror movie because like all the characters that die are like unlikable almost like villains pretty much like think about all the people that die and you're like well they went out of their way to make them to make them they went out of their way to make them unlikable in their scenes like I don't understand that's co- because... that's 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 exact opposite of what you should do in a horror movie. You should make the characters likable, so then the audience is f- f- with them when they're being killed. But instead, we want all these characters to die. So I got a question, actually. Uh, just a quick side bit. Do you think this movie was originally written to be something else, and then they just tacked on Michael Myers to to put the Halloween Ends tagline on it? I would have thought so, but I've seen interviews with the director where. He talked about like the writing process for this film, so it's the the writers of this movie are the same writers from the first two Halloweens from uh, 2018 and Halloween Kills. So it's the same guy creatively that's behind all three movies. How, so how do they fuck up their own storyline? I I don't know, man. I I just think that <laughs> I I saw someone say, and it made sense too, that maybe 
this one should have been the middle chapter and then Halloween Kills could be the last chapter and then you can add the final bit with Laurie and Michael at the end of Halloween Kills and it's more satisfying if this is like the middle chapter. Um, maybe, but yeah, I don't, like we said earlier, I don't know. It's, I don't, it's, it was very unique. Um, okay, let, let's, let's talk about the, um, we could talk about this Michael Corey face off. <laughs> now, I'm going to say, literally face off. I'm going to say this. What of the all, fuck? Of all the big horror icons, Michael, Freddie, I'll throw in Jason. I'll throw in Leprechaun. I'll throw in Chuck. Michael should never lose a fight. This is true, but but he has lost he has lost a fight before in the past, and it was actually and it is known online as the most embarrassing moment for any of the top icons was one Michael getting beaten up by Buster Rhymes. <laughs> that that was literally the worst moment of Michael's life. Now Res- resurrection does not count. As canon for anything, Resurrection was a fan-made film, and it was not made by any f- reputable people. Hey, if you're ever in a bad mood, you pull up a clip of Michael Myers getting beaten up by Buster Rhymes, and you think to yourself, hey, my life's not so bad. <laughs> to be fair, I thought you were going to bring up the scene where Paul Rudd was just beating the shit out of him with a bat. No, he had a bat at least. Buster Rhymes <laughs> beat him with, like, kicks and kung fu and stuff. So. <laughs> um, okay. So that was the worst moment, but unfortunately for this movie... I think this one takes the cake. This is now the most embarrassing thing of any killer I can think of. Okay. The way it's shot is so goofy, too. I don't understand. I don't understand who's... The actor playing Michael had to be like, are we doing this, guys? Like, what what are we doing here? Dude, Courtney's just like, why am I losing a fight? That's what I'm saying. This is not a horror movie. It's like, all right, the audience, you've seen the movie, but Corey goes in the sewer, basically. You see Michael just standing there randomly like, hey, what's up, buddy? And And they just start fighting. Corey attacks them, and you're like, oh, well, Corey's about to die, right? No, he doesn't die. You have this weird cartoonish struggle where they come in and out of the camera, (laughs) and you start to see, like, is Corey getting the upper hand? What? And he throws Michael to the ground and takes his mask and is like, just treats him like a little punk. This is not this is not my Michael Myers. This ain't Michael Myers for sure. So I know we've said in Halloween Kills, that wasn't Michael Myers. That was just Jason Voorhees cosplaying as Michael Myers. This one ain't Michael Myers. This is just a little uh, pansy-ass wannabe cosplaying as Michael Myers. I can't believe, like, okay, I'm not a fan of test screenings, but... There should have been a lot of feedback about, like, hey, we don't want to see Michael this vulnerable. <laughs> you know why? Because it um it undermines the whole ending. Because the ending they're going to give us is, like, going to be better if Michael's strong. But here they make him pretty much, like, Corey, who was getting bullied by the band kids, is now bullying Michael Myers. I, I never want to see Michael... Like where you f- you actually feel bad for him. You're like, oh, poor old man. He took his mask. <laughs> he took the old man's mask and ran away. No, that's like, poor Michael. His only friend came to came came to his house and beat him up. Like, <laughs> what? Why why does this movie have me like feeling bad for Michael? He's pure evil, and I'm like, oh man. He just had he just made a new friend. His friends like kicking the crap out of him, taking his mask. Like, what the hell, man? <laughs> this yep, is and now hard. That's hard. 
Yeah, and now Corey goes on pretty much a killing spree. And uh, first he kills his mom, but then we get to probably the goofiest and the dumbest, worst special effect I've ever seen in a movie. And I've seen a lot of B movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I do I do love I'll say this I do love the um the junkyard deaths of the teens. Even though no, those those were fun. Those were fun, but something really stupid happens where a couple of things. First of all, the one girl who um gets trapped in the thing, right? Uh huh. Everybody just keeps coming to help her and ignoring that there's a killer out there. They all come and check on her and then die. It's like really weird. Like one of them literally ran off. He the she I think the other one was like five miles away and then turn decided to turn around and come back. I mean uh, that that reminds me of the girl from Halloween Kills that gets the gun shot into her face because she decided to get too close. Yeah, these aren't the Bryce characters. One one of the kids like shoots the uh, mechanic, slept, shoots the mechanic guy in the head, which made no sense. Which is which is Corey's dad, by the way. Um, oh yeah, well there you go. But also, why did Corey horror portrayed? I mean, it's not like he's supposed to be supernatural, right? Every killer needs horror portrayal. This is. Corey's welcome to the killer club is when you have that horror portation available to you. It would have been hilarious if they tried to do the horror portation and like he failed. So half his body's gone. The other half still there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I like, I like these kills and I do like, I know if we felt differently about the radio, the radio death. Um, oh, fuck the radio death. Holy shit. That was probably the worst special effects I've ever seen in a movie. I know, but at least it was something fun and otherwise, like dreary dramatic movie like him cutting off the guy's tongue at least is like a funny the idea of that is funny um and then just being this i just didn't like the way his face looked (laughs) i had had fun with that death um how about this why did we not get to see his his mother's death i mean that should have been the one we all wanted to see this movie has a lot of off-screen kills actually it's very interesting like Halloween Kills is so in your face, like the gore and stuff, and this is like really scaled back, and like half the deaths are off screen, and has a much lower kill count. Um, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't feel like a horror movie. Like the deaths, all the deaths we get here, like it's almost, it's almost like one montage of deaths, like all thrown together here. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, anyway, climax. Let's get to it because. Glory. Yeah. Lori decides she's going to commit suicide because Allison decides to blame her for everything that's happened to her in her life. What a teenager. And Allison's going to leave town with her boyfriend, Corey, and Lori decides to end it all. And just so happens that she's planning to do that, young Corey's making his way up the stairs, and then we get a really fun prank i guess or just Lori yeah, she, being she, smart. i mean so she shoots a pumpkin and then when he opens the door she just sees Lori with the gun pointed i was like did you really think i was going to do that <laughs> that was good that got me i was like because the fact that you heard like the sound effect like of somebody getting shot that sold me even but then i made the mistake of seeing the trailer and they had they had ruined this moment in the trailer actually so um they ruined the whole ending in the trailer to be honest with you yeah, let's talk about this ending because all right, so she shoots Corey twice. Corey, as if he's the little boy from the beginning, flies down the stairs or whatever, um, and then he kills himself. I didn't sort like. Of. I didn't like that. I thought this. Was, I thought it was like stupid because he's 
she basically is like telling him, hey, let's have a one-on-one fight. She empties out the clip on her guns. She lets him grab the knife. And then he hears Allison coming. And he's just like, if I can't have her. And he stabs himself. I mean, clearly he's like, uh, he's thinking, well, she's going to blame Lori. But I don't think that's worth actually killing yourself for, bro. Like, what are you doing? Like, No, to be honest with you, if I would have wrote that, I would have had, I would have actually had the fight, you know, with the whole Michael Myers mask thing be the fight between Lori and Corey and then Michael comes in and Lori just kills him because obviously if he's weak enough to lose to Mike to Corey he's probably weak enough to lose to Lori I think I think this is where the movie falls apart a little bit because I found myself feeling like when when Michael comes in then right and now we're getting our Michael versus Lori scene it doesn't feel like the movie's earned this because this movie has not been about Michael and Lori at all. No, like, it's really they, been more about Lori and Corey or Corey and Allison. It would have actually made more sense if Allison had to fight Corey. I, yeah, I honestly like it completely opposite of what I would have thought. I would, I thought I would have been like, I thought at the beginning of the movie, I would have been like, all right, yes, let's get to Michael and Lori. But we spend so much time on Corey's journey that you're like, well, he's the main character, right? Like, this is his He's movie. the main villain. <laughs> this is the main movie. So the way they kind of discard him in like a way where it's like basically his story had no purpose, essentially. Nothing he did actually even mattered because all we were doing was just getting to this Michael showing up to fight Laurie. You could have done that without Corey, just had Michael show up and fight Laurie again. So. <laughs> So it feels like this ending feels like the wrong ending for this movie because it's anticlimactic to get another Michael Laurie fight scene and and comparatively the whole fight with Michael Laurie in 2018 I would say is way better way longer than what we get here in the kitchen in my opinion. This kitchen scene is like 4 minutes. It's like really short. You know, it, it could have been a little bit even with a 4 minute fight scene could have been fun to watch or brutal if maybe they actually did stuff to Lori or if, if they both had knives and just were chopping the shit out of each other I don't think it made sense if you're showing me 10 minutes ago Michael getting bullied by Corey and Michael sees himself get bullied by Corey does Michael really actually want to have this fight with Lori right now he probably knows he's not really that strong right now so it's like the, the dude's been crapped on the entire movie and now Lori defeats him in a one-on-one combat like this whole movie is so disrespectful to Michael. <laughs> like, <laughs> unbelievable. But but how am I supposed to take him seriously when you just showed me 10 minutes ago that he can't really hurt a fly right now? Like, I would have, if it was Michael versus Allison right now, I'd have been like, I think Allison's going to win. So, I mean, come on. I mean, that's why the ending should have honestly been Allison and Corey pretty much having to face off and Allison having to kill Corey because we already have that connection between them. Well, there's a lot of rumors about there being alternate endings where, you know, they change things after test screening. So I'm interested to see, like, the deleted scenes when the Blu-ray comes out because apparently there's, like, a whole different ending that that, that they kind of played with also, um, which I think may, may, may have made more sense. Um, interesting to me, though, it's weird that um, when Michael comes in, really he's coming to get his mask, right? Like, Corey <laughs> took his mask. He's back to get his mask. Um <laughs> It's weird that Corey's still alive, though. Like, did Corey have some kind of supernatural thing happening? Because he's still alive, and Michael has to break his neck to kill him, but he was still alive. It was weird. So, And and why was he grabbing Michael? I don't, I don't understand what he was trying to do. Like, He wanted the mask. 
He was like, I'm dying, but I'm keeping my mask. Like, well, what? <laughs> it's like, my, it's my mask. Um, yeah, so then we get this whole thing with just, he slices throat, slices wrist. It's just very anticlimactic. They were brutal to Michael with this one. It's like, we're going to make sure this motherfucker dies. Let's slice his neck. Oh, he's not dead. Let's slice his wrist. Like, Jesus, y'all are torturing him. Just put him out of his freaking misery at this point. We get this long, dramatic scene of all the cars. The whole town is going to go watch Michael be eviscerated or whatever the word is that you would call this. <laughs> so I uh, I have an issue with this scene. Not Not really the fact that they decided to have this whole like funeral eulogy or some bullshit like that, but uh, they should have played Twisted Sisters Street Justice with this scene. Yeah, I got a really good idea that I think would have made this ending good for me, right? And Michael does not show up. What? Well, no, I mean, he's... No, 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 no. <laughs> this would no. be a completely different movie without Michael because the movie probably would have been better. Well, that we'll get to that when we talk about things we would have changed. But I mean, the very, very ending, like them at the junkyard. The movie's so dramatic at this point, and it's like I thought Lori was about to jump in with him. Not jump in, but I would have had Michael one last time grab her leg and try to pull her, and have her at least have have to kick him off and kick him into it. That or she gets pulled in. That's I was gonna say. I was gonna say that too. I would say either have have her fight him off or literally have him pull her in where they go in together um that would those those both have been cooler endings than just the ceremoniously dumping of his body into the thing it's like give us one last kind of scare or have give michael some dignity or at least he at least tries to take her <laughs> take her out with him like um Fuck but Michael yeah. at this point, really. I guess the directors thought that they made Michael such a heinous villain with the other two movies that they audience would have loved to see him get bullied throughout this one. Yeah, I mean... I don't know, man. A lot of fans are mad. Because there's two things. There's how little Michael's in the movie and then the, the treatment of him while he's in the movie. Like, cause, yeah, does, The screen time's not so much. I mean, it's like... He's in five scenes. He's in basically about 10 minutes of the movie. Um, but if you gave him an impactful 10 minutes instead of like literally have him be like the weakest thing of anything that Jason ever Freddy, thanked. <laughs> is the weakest anybody's ever been presented as, as a horror icon pretty much in this movie. Um, it was just a, it was a very safe ending because like I said, you could easily, if we know this is Jamie Lee Curtis's last movie, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sure like she doesn't want her character to die, so so it had to be like a triumphant a triumphant victory for her. But I read they play with an ending where it would be it was gonna be something more like after all this is done, like Corey's body's missing, like he got up he got up and ran away or something, and that would have worked better to me too because then you're saying okay, her her boogeyman is gone, but a new one is 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 there now basically, right? Allison's boogeyman's still there. Yeah, you give you give somewhere for the franchise to go if you want, because you can be like, all right, well, Corey's still alive. He's out there somewhere. That, the other idea that I read was interesting, and was at the end, find out that Allison's actually pregnant with Corey's child. Uh-oh. Because then, like, there's a thing like, oh my goodness, is this child going to be like Michael and Corey? Is he going to have the evil in him too? And that would have been a nice little thing too, but they don't, they didn't do any of this stuff, but... 
Um, because think about it, they they had sex. She could be pregnant. Isn't that how the omen started? Yes, and Rosemary's baby. <laughs> so, you all, you all heard it here first, uh, folks. Michael Meyer, uh, sorry, Corey and Allison are about to have a baby, and they're going to name that baby Damien. Wow. There we go. Well, I don't know. So watch why, the omen after this. Why don't we go ahead and get to categories, I guess. Best performance or character. So, Corey. Yeah, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is like predictably great, but she's always good. So I don't really, I can't say like, I can't high performance. She's just, she's doing solid work as usual. Um, I give it to Corey because he, besides Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah, it's his movie. He's running the show in this point. We're following his character through the journey he's going through. Yeah. And, and I, I went, I went from being annoying to following him to being like, by the end, I had seen so much of him. I was like, all right, well, now it's like just, you know, if you're going to go in this direction, go all the way. Don't half-ass it to where you have him as the main character, but then you randomly set him aside so you can have your, your final Laurie Michael thing. But the but props which to the actor. Kind of, which is what they did. <laughs> props to the actor who played uh, Corey, too, because I've never seen the actor before, but that's got to be kind of intimidating to be like, okay, you want this movie about Michael and Laurie and you want me to come in and like... Get, have all the scenes basically like I'd be like eh, the fans are gonna hate me but this does a good job yeah Corey definitely gets it worst performance I'm giving it to Michael because he was a little bitch yeah but I don't blame Michael for that I blame the writers the writing? <laughs> <laughs> okay let's so worst performance the writers the writer and director David Gordon Green no I mean listen I we start off saying hey props are going in a different direction but I don't know. I don't know. This, this is there's a lot of Michael's. We, we pointed out a lot of plot holes for sure. Michael still should have been intimidating. Uh, the plot holes really doesn't in this. The plot holes, yeah, they're annoying. But if you just sit there and watch it, the plot holes aren't that bad. But Michael not being intimidating is what's really annoying. I had a friend who loved this movie, and I was like, "What'd you think about it?" He was. Very entertained by it. And, and you're exactly right. The plot holes are like what you see on screen. The plot holes aren't obvious. When, if you think about the movie in detail, then you start to like pick out like, oh, this didn't make sense. This didn't make sense. This didn't make sense. But you can watch the movie and like not the plot holes. Like, yeah, they're not like in your face pretty much. Right. So, um, yeah. All right. So, uh, Best oh, scene. wait, wait. I didn't actually say my word. Well, yeah. No, well, oh, yeah. first. I'm going to say Corey's mom was the worst performance character for me never have been so annoyed and yeah so and we never got to see her death so that that's yeah she's alive somewhere out there best scene so i'm gonna go with the junkyard scene because you get a lot of kills in a very quick quick uh, short amount of time you have some suspense here and it's just a, it's a fun scene and a fun scene in a mostly serious movie Yeah, to be fair, I gotta give it to that too. Cause one, it's a it's a four way kill, even though the characters were stupid enough not to run. But it's also, <laughs> you know, it's fun. You do it's slightly off screen, but also slightly not when he burns the one the main guy's face off. That was pretty vicious. Yeah, you know, especially since he did it slowly. He slowly brought the fire down so it actually finally got to him. But the one thing I'm wondering is why didn't the kids just scream? while it was coming towards him. 
Either way. I don't know. I don't I don't understand why the girl got it so bad. The girl who basically <laughs> was like seemed like the nice one of the group. Like he just stomps she her. She was face the one in. trying to Yeah, she was the one ever, she was the one trying to keep everyone from bullying him and it was like, fuck you. And she's so nice that like all the kids feel like they have to help her when she's in trouble, even though it leads to her own demise. They're all like, Oh my goodness, let me go save her from her and but she got the worst. Michael Dunn stomped her for facing. Not only that, but she had a face full of barbed wire while watching all her friends die horrifically the entire time. This is true. This is true. Um, so worst scene. Oh, goodness. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious, but um, I don't know. Well, for you, it, me, so. me personally, <clears throat> I don't have a problem with the fight scene. If it was Corey and not Michael, the fight scene would have made a little bit more sense to me. Um, but for me, the worst scene is actually a lack of a kill, and that is Corey's mom's death. She should have gotten an on-screen kill, not an off-screen kill. Mm. That's, That's true. right. I changed up the rules. Get over it. Well, the right answer is Corey beating up Michael in the sewer is the right. That is not only the worst scene in this movie. It's the worst <laughs> scene in slasher movie history. Uh, not- I thought you did I'm I thought being... it was the fight scene you were saying. No, did you forget about the sewer scene? <laughs> yes, I, I did. Is, I, I thought you were talking. I was like, I was like, wait a minute. There's a very obvious choice here that he's forgetting. Like, this, <laughs> this, this scene will live in infamy. All right. The day that Corey punked out Michael in the sewer, <laughs> came came into his own home, pushed him to the ground, took his mask. That Michael will never live that down. This has replaced the Buster Rhymes thing as the most embarrassing moment of Michael's life. So. No, I'm still sticking it to the lack of a kill scene. All right, well, hey, to each his own. Okay, now we can do our... What, what would you like to change? change? Um, uh, make this well, not a Halloween movie. Yeah, good point. Go the, think about it. Go if, any it, of this, yeah, if any of this was... You take out all the Michael scenes... You can have like the sewer scenes be kind of a hallucination, especially since I do feel like his mom may have been bipolar and he may have also contracted that from her and not have been diagnosed. So he would be seeing some shit, I'm sure. Yeah. To make it a suspense thriller slasher movie, it would have been much better than what we ended up getting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I pretty much agree with that. I mean, I just felt like they. They present this whole Corey thing, but they went 95% with it, not 100%, because they still felt a need to, you know, bring it back down to Lori Michael. But it's like, yeah, but then don't do the Corey story in this movie. Like, that, save that for, like, a future anthology movie that you could have still done. Like, it just was a, it was a, a an odd choice for the storyline for the concluding chapter in the trilogy. Like, the a 44-year-old series... This is the last chapter, and you introduce a new main character. But if you're gonna do it, I was down with it. Do it, but then at the end, don't like they made the Corey's whole thing have no purpose at all. He just like was simply gone, had no effect on anything, and we're just back to Michael versus Laurie. It was just the wrong ending for what we saw leading up to it. Or um, what it could have done is Corey versus Michael at the end, and Michael actually beats the living fuck out of him. Yeah, well, Michael did need some And then Lori comes up behind him and cuts his head off. Michael definitely owed him some revenge, for sure. I mean, he got punked in the sewer. <laughs> probably, he probably broke his neck simply because of the whole taking his mask thing. So. <laughs> right. 
It's like we're no longer friends. So I thought you were my friend. Give me back my mask. Alrighty, so final thoughts. Overall, this movie actually isn't as bad as I thought. Be honest with you, I I'm gonna beat myself up for saying this probably later, but I actually think I liked it better than 2018 even. Oh no. Granted, I didn't like 2018 were shit either, so there's well, not much to true. go off of. That's true, man. Well, but I mean, the story, this movie to me. Well, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But this, the story we're getting is is very interesting. Story we're getting. The only thing I wish is, like I said, Mike will not be in it. This be its own story. We're following this character through his whole journey of eventually going insane and going cr- and just going a killing spree. You know, it would have been a pretty decent Silent Night, Deadly Night, but Halloween. Uh, the characters were all actually pretty decent also. No, I don't think there was any character that didn't do their job correctly. It's just the writing and the plot holes puts it down to a 1.5 for me. Wow, okay. Oh, and Corey getting Corey punking out Michael in the sewer. Yeah, that that's I, definitely dropped it. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were going to go higher based on what you were saying. You were like, you know, it's not so bad. And you're like... Negative three stars. Like, man, I, <laughs> that did not go in the direction that I was thinking based on your actual review. But, okay, I well, mean. As a, going through, being serious-wise, it has to be, it, to me, it's a 1.5. Me, as a personal standpoint, I would give it really a 2. I'm not going to watch it again. This is my only watch of this whole damn movie. And <laughs> I'm going also going to probably buy these three movies just to burn the fuck out of them. Wow. They're not going in. I, I prefer to rob zombie movies over these. That's how bad these movies are. You know, I I have the whole box set, so I, I have to own them because I can't have all the Halloween movies except the last couple of them, so I have to get them. But, um, You're such a perfectionist. It's just it would be annoying to have, like, 11 of them and not have, like, all 13. So, Well, okay. I'm with you mostly. I think that my, it was hard for me to figure out how I felt about this movie because... As a Halloween movie, I think it's terrible. It doesn't have any of the Halloween atmosphere. It doesn't have the Michael Myers that we really are watching for. It has none of the elements that you watch a Halloween movie for. So to me, it's a terrible Halloween movie. But I can appreciate as a standalone, much in the same way that I've come to, over the years, appreciate Jason Goes to Hell. Because, no, it's really not a good Jason movie. But... It's a pretty good movie as a standalone. Probably Jason Goes to Hell is the closest thing I can compare this to. Because it's very similar in terms of, you know, you're not getting what you want out of a Jason movie. But if you can put that aside and give it a chance, it's still decent. So it's almost like, for me, it's like a two-star movie. But as a Halloween movie, it's one star. So I'm also going to go with one half stars because I have to be fair they're presenting it to me as a halloween movie so i have to judge it as a halloween movie and this is not what i was looking for in the concluding chapter of the trilogy i think ultimately for me i didn't love 2018 but i don't think i hate it in in hindsight i think that is the number one in the trilogy for me this is number two and halloween kills is a distant third but overall i mean i'm just very disappointed in the trilogy itself i don't think that Given you had Jamie Lee Curtis back, you had a chance to retell the whole story. I think for me, I go back and say Halloween two, Halloween H two O. I'm I'm good sticking with that as like the preferred the preferred timeline. I think Halloween two is still the best sequel. I think Halloween H two O is a better version of 
what we got here and Halloween Resurrection can still go to hell. So, um, so one <laughs> half, Resurrection one half, does not exist. It does not exist. And the Buster Rhymes thing has been replaced with Corey being at Michael. <laughs> I should bring it down to one star just for that, but I'm going to keep it at one and a half stars to be fair. So everyone, as usual, you don't have to go home, but you do get a click a like button or a dislike button if you don't like our don't like our voices. Maybe leave a comment so we actually know why you don't like us. <laughs> yeah, and you know, give us some feedback and make sure you do subscribe to our channel because this is just the beginning. We're gonna be doing a lot of YouTube exclusive content in the future. All right, well, just listen. subscribe to me. Don't don't subscribe to Vic. He he wants you to think that you need honey mustard for your chicken nuggets. You need hot mustard. There is a major difference there is a major delicious taste to it if you subscribe to nick he's going to recruit you to the blue ribbons and you purple dews yeah you will be a tasked with spreading purple dew across the nation and you're better off with me taking you on a trip to nilbog where we can have green milk and live with the village people so so uh, obviously which one's worse joining the purple dews and and eventually starting the gospel of the dew or being eaten by goblins. Well, I know in my movie, the village people were living peacefully and your movie, they all fly off a cliff on a truck with stupid music playing in the background. So not true because folks, you decide for yourselves (laughs) because dew does not cause you to go crazy over a little song. All right, folks. 